Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. It's springtime. Are you catching the fever? It's a great show. I have returning friends. Deandra Lyle. Deandra is an American actress currently appearing in Disney Channel's Secrets of Sulphur Springs and... Deandra will recur in the upcoming second season of Bel Air on Peacock. She also guest stars in the current season of NBC's reboot of Quantum Leap. And you may have seen her on Apple TV's Beauty and the Baller, Paramount Network's American Woman, NCIS, Shameless, Bones, A24's Moonbase 8, and General Hospital. Ooh, she's busy. So thankful that she made time to come on, friends like us. Welcome back, Deandra. And also welcome back, Noye Brown-West. Noye is a New York-based Nigerian-American comedian and writer. She has been featured in the Boston Globe's Rise column as a comic to watch, and we agree, as well as NPR, PBS, ABC, Sway in the Morning, and the New York Comedy Festival. Noye made her acting debut in The Sympathy Card. Look for Noye in a city near you. She's our young star. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us. Because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Our Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast and Twitter is friendslikeus10. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation. Just go to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friendslikeus. Special shout out to our Patreon friends. It's because of you we keep going. Thank you, TB, Stacey, Tamara. Now, for our golden friends, you have the option to watch our recordings live backstage. Go to Patreon backslash friends like us and be golden. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, tank tops. They're all available. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick, my wacky friend, Dave Jeskow. We give updates to the show. We shout out fans who leave reviews. And we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by. And sometimes we even offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. With friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wash those dirty little hands. Wear a mask still if you want to. I mean, there is a variant out there. It's called Kraken or something. And there's another one that's on its way. So I, I would wear it. Get vaccinated. Booster up. And Black Lives Matter. One, two, three. And welcome to Friends Like Us. I'm Marina Franklin here with you. I'm with Deandra Lyle. She's a returning guest. <laughs> and she's absolutely fantastic. Fast track to best friends. It's been about a year and she's back, y'all. And returning to the show is No Yay Brown West. There's a slash in between Brown and West. It's annoying yeah. to write. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but she's my young star, y'all. <laughs> and I love her. <laughs> Woohoo. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Come on now. <laughs> uh, it's and so Deandra, yes, it's been a full year, and I just asked you before the show 
because I was noticing, I was like, did you get married after our show? And you did. I did. I went Congratulations. Thank you. Thank Where you. did you, tell us about this. Where did you get married? So it, it's actually kind of an interesting little story. Uh, well, we've been engaged for years. since like 2018. We've been together a long time. And, uh, you know, life, COVID, money, things pop up. And so it kind of just kept getting pushed. And, um, and I was in New Orleans last summer shooting season three of the Disney show I'm on, Secrets of Sulphur Springs. And yes. Robert, my then fiance, was coming to visit me like a, on a Thursday through Tuesday. So on Monday, I called him. I don't really know where this came from, but I called him and I said, what if we just got married this weekend when he came to town? Like, talk to blue. Like, it was not, I don't know what came over me. And uh, he laughed, of course. And then he was like, uh, okay. So Tuesday, I shot 12 hours. I get off, I run to the French Quarter to, to a little boutique that was closing in 20 minutes and I find a dress for $240. The next day, I'm driving all around town trying to figure out what you know shoes, what he's going to wear. And then that night, we figured out what he was going to wear. Thursday, I shot 13 hours. He gets to town. And then Friday, we're running around. We had his, his birth certificate overnight from North Carolina from his mom. We didn't tell her why. And then Saturday afternoon, we got married in the back courtyard of the duplex I was renting in the Lower Garden District of New Orleans. So in six days, we've, we've made it happen from start to finish. That's like my marriage. Yeah. Same thing. Would you say this is the best way to get married? Because I'm thinking about that mother-in-law. Was she pissed off afterwards? or And then get, got, did she get over it? You know what? Mom-in-law was happy we finally did it. Because I think she was like, y'all going to get married? Like, what's, what's going on? What's the holdup? So, uh, no, nobody nobody had a problem with it. it. It was never how I ever envisioned doing it. But I'm not super traditional anyways. So when it just been, I wanted to do it when it felt right. You know, I didn't want to just get married to get married. Like, you know, you can, there's times where you feel more connected and times where life is life. And, and uh, it just felt right. Things felt good. And, and I've always loved New Orleans. And so... Uh, you know, luckily he was spontaneous with me and, and, and in doing it that way, I was like, wow, this was perfect. This, I'm so glad that we did it. And everything aligned, you know what I mean? Like, and, and literally the day I found my dress, a double rainbow out over the river when I came outside. The next day when we figured out his outfit, I came outside another rainbow. Um, <laughs> all these things kept happening. And, and then, and we did, we did tell our immediate family the day before. So they were actually on Zoom. Uh, when we did the ceremony. So we had like our mom, his sister, brother, my daughter. Um, we had them on Zoom. So they were there in person, but uh, we still need to have a, a wedding celebration and reception, you know, here to, to celebrate with our friends and family. But but yeah, I mean, and, and thank you for the, the picture uh, compliment. And my, my dear friend, Eugene Bird, who's been an actor, he's been around. Like he was on 8 Mile and Bones. I mean, Gene's been in the business since he's a kid. He uh, is actually my castmate on the show and my dear friend, like my brother, and he's a photography net. Like he's pretty much a professional photographer. And so he has different cameras with him. And, and I was like, Gene, can you take the pictures? And, and he was our photographer. He was our witness. And then his friend, Susanna, who came to town that weekend to visit him, was our other witness, who we met right when the wedding started. So that was, and we found our officiant on Thumbtack for $150. Uh, you save so much money. We save so much money. So planning a reception now is stressful. I'm over here like this is more work than the wedding part. And I don't like I don't know about all this. Like, you know. But um it, it just it was amazing and, and it really I loved it. 
I'm glad we did it that way. You're a beautiful couple Thank too. You. I was looking at both of you and I was like, is that possible <laughs> that they do what are, what do you guys like you know when you just see a couple I this's been my thing forever. It's like if the picture looks good, it's worth it. Like but you both are so <laughs> like they're both pretty. They're like like I, you must be spending all day you look good. You know you look good. No, you look good. I mean, they're gorgeous. I mean, thank oh yeah, you. I'm going to look right now. <laughs> you're you gorgeous too. <laughs> no, thank you. But know, go ahead, Noya. You did the same thing. Oh yeah, no, we just. So I was sick, you know that. So we decided to get married really rushed, just because we're interracial and it's uh, very racist and still in the medical world. So we just wanted to make sure he had like access to me if anything went wrong. And um, his parents actually eloped also, so they all knew about it. Ours was about ten days out. We decided. I told my boss uh, the the week of, like the Monday before. I was like, "Oh, on Friday I'm getting married, so um, I got <laughs> I need the day off." And he was he was shocked. I invited him to the reception that we had the day after at my mom's house. My mom has this beautiful house with like this little duck shaped pool, and we wanted to have the reception out there. But Hunter's sister, that's my husband's name, was going to another wedding, so we had to. Um, move the reception and then it rained all day the reception but like everybody we had to do the buying of the mouth it's like a nigerian thing so that was like a requirement so that's what we did at the reception um but everyone said that rain is a good luck sign so i was like okay <laughs> so i was into ours was very cheap too like my dress was like 70 bucks off asos who i would never shop from now because they do they're not very nice to their um to their workers and also, you know, yeah. I like but, ASOS too, <laughs> good to know, okay. Yeah, yeah, so I stopped buying from them. But um, yeah, it was very cheap, it was all very cheap. And of course the reception was free pretty much because we did at my mom's. I made a bunch of the food because we had a lot of Nigerian food. I made pepper soup, all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, it was just very, it was very low key. Did you did you love doing it that way though? Like how was that for you? Yeah, I hate weddings. Like it has to be like an amazing wedding for me to want to even go to it. Like one of my friends just married a Rockefeller. I was like, yes, I'm going to that wedding. <laughs> uh, yeah. I went to like an Indian wedding that I loved. Like, you know, but it's very rare for me to enjoy a wedding. I just don't like them. I don't like the whole like patriarchal feel of it or anything like that. So, um, and I feel like our marriage is, we do love each other and we loved each other back then, but it's like, it was more of a marriage of like necessity at the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, listen, I found out that like, I don't know, I, again, I'm not against the big marriages. Like I've, you know, to each their own. I think there's pros and cons of any situation, right? Big or small, but and even having our very small intimate wedding when there's literally five people in attendance, aside from, you know, our people on Zoom, having that moment when you're just, you know, you're saying your vows, because we just, we didn't have time to really, like, we didn't have wedding rings to exchange, we didn't have none of that. So it was just that intimate moment for me, it was almost weird having just a few people that were there right there. So I can't imagine having, like, this big group of people, you know, because it's just something between you two, you know? And um, yes, and so, I, and I don't really get anxious, but I was like, man, if we would have had a big old wedding, I might have been a little like stressed up there. It might have been a little, you know. So um, I don't know. Yeah, it's not for everybody. I think that you know, at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you. And 
And actually, there's a little, we're doing a little article in a bridal guide magazine about it. It's going to come out a feature, and I got to write it. So it kind of tells the whole story. And, and, my, and Eugene's pictures are published, which is amazing. The beautiful couple. Wow. The, the beautiful couple. I'm looking my, my at them. No, I have to tell you, Marina. No, they, it's funny. They fine. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, okay. You were saying how, uh, like, are we every day like, hey, hey. So he's younger than me. Yeah, that's my little younger husband. Mm-hmm. He like, Mine's oh, younger boy. too, six years. Five Mine, and a half. He's, he's almost six. Almost yep. See, look. Okay. That's the way to do it, Marina. Am I being? Well, no, I've done it. Oh, yeah, I did. Right. Mine was 17 years younger. 17. So I beat all of that. Ooh. Oh, no, don't ever do that, though. That was Ooh. infuriating. That's the story I'm at the end. That sometimes. was infuriating. I was like raising a child, basically. That I was also sleeping with, which is <laughs> disturbing. You know what's crazy though? I've dated like seventeen older, and I also felt like I was raising a child, and I dated the seventeen years older. <laughs> so it might just be men. <laughs> I dated nine years older, and and it was there were some things, you know. No, no. <laughs> you ever see little a little boy with a little girl, and the girl's just handling everything so much smoother, and yet. They grow up, these boys, they grow up to be men who tell us what to do with our bodies, huh? Mm-hmm. Ain't that something? Look how I just made it political. <laughs> but I will say this, like, Deandra, like, I think that is the way to do it. Like, for most black women who are out there listening to this, don't wait. Don't be traditional. Do what you need to do for yourself. Ask. Say, I think this is a good time to get married. Why wait? You haven't done it? Do it. I think the idea of marriage is so scary for people and because of all of these ideas that are wrapped around what is tradition and what you should do. You know, like Noye was saying, like, you got creative with it. You can you could still have, like, you had the family there on Zoom, Deandra. You still had, like, what, what was it you said? The oh, buying yeah. of the, the mouth. Yeah, you did the Nigerian, the traditional. Yeah. Yes, that's intense. It can be, it can be everything you need it to be. And and at the end of like, for me, I think a lot of people get married and they have these big weddings for everybody else, and not so much themselves, and they lose the whole like purpose of the wedding. And I'm not saying like again, there's nothing wrong with that too, because there's a lot of beautiful, you know, experiences in that. But like, I would rather save the money for a down payment on a house or vacation or honeymoon or you know and i'm not like i'm easy breezy so i'm like listen oh even though i would have probably one person stand with me and be my daughter you know i don't need a big bridal party i don't know what colors i want like it's a whole thing it's a whole thing so yeah, yeah and people lose friendships over weddings yeah. i know my sister's apart. wedding mm-hmm. Ooh. My sister's wedding, there is a girl that she still does not talk to. I remember the car. I was in the car when she was on the phone with her. When she said she was not showing up, I was like, oh, shit. I remember. And they have not spoken to this day. I mean, and people don't forget, like, when when family members don't come to the wedding. or And also, it's like a very difficult time. Like, we're entering a recession or we're trying not to, but I think it's still going to happen. Inflation is up. I mean, people are struggling out here. So get creative. Save them coins. <laughs> get creative with your wedding, <laughs> your wedding vows. I mean, I don't know. I've never been married, so I don't, I don't even know what it's like to be asked. So I think that idea of telling someone 
bitch, I'm marrying you. <laughs> yeah, we doing this. Bring it. Yeah. Bring your ass over here. No. Um, I also want to congratulate you on Bel Air. You're just were added to the cat. Is this recent, right? On Peacock? Because Noye is a Will Smith. Yes. Even after the slap, are you still? Yes. <laughs> Even after the slap, yes, I am still. Do you watch Bel Air, Noye? I do. I'm all caught up with the newest season. Uh, yes, I love Bel Air. At first I was iffy on it because there were a lot of changes that I wasn't sure about. But now I'm addicted. I have to watch every episode. So <laughs> so tell us about that. What is it like to be added to this It's a franchise, basically? What does it feel like? I mean, honestly, you know, it's TV royalty to, you know, that family. So, you know, even though it's Fresh Prince reimagined and they've made it their own, uh, it's still just an, an iconic family. So to be a part of it is amazing. And my experience thus far, I mean, every single person from the cast to the crew to I mean, the creator have just been the nicest people and the most welcoming people. And uh, it was just, my, I always tell people my experience on Bel Air has been magic. Like that's the best way to sum it up. Um, yeah, I've had a great time. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's, a, it's a, an honor to be a part of that. We were talking about this with Zainab Johnson. I wish she were here. I should have asked her to come on today. Sorry, Zainab. I know you listen. Um, and Noye just opened for Zainab, who's in the series Upload on Amazon. And she said that that she has a great time with her cast. And I often hear those stories when the cats don't get along. So when you say this, I know it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every single person, it feels like, like family. I mean, I, I, I came in way through season two so you know i'm walking in as a guest to an already established unit you know they've been doing this for a season plus they're all used to each other uh but i never felt like an outsider i felt welcome from the beginning i connected with everybody really well and even some of the cats that i didn't you know actually uh, play with on on camera i would see them you know on maybe in the trailer makeup trailer and I mean, first time I met Jabari, he came in like seven something in the morning and I'm in makeup and he walks in and he comes over and gives me a hug and welcomes me. And, um, and I met some of the other ones at the rap party and it's just, it was all love. So yeah, it's a really special thing that they have going on over there. I think you can see that when you watch it too, the energy and the chemistry feels really good. And that's just a testament to everybody's character. I mean, and, and everybody's a strong actor too on the show. So that was, that was another, you know, blessing to be able to play with some really strong strong performers so and who are you playing or can you say yeah so i i just came i just entered the scene this last week so noe probably saw that Mm -hmm. episode yeah uh i play erica baker Uh, i'm a high-powered attorney and uh some more will be revealed about her but just what i can say is you know i went to college with phil and viv howard uh, I like to joke because my husband is a Howard alum, so I get to tell him, like, see, I went to HU now. You know. I get to, like, say that, and he's like, no, no, you, uh-huh. you can't you can't do that. But, you know, <laughs> in the TV world, in the TV world, I went to Howard, you know, I was a Python. Uh, but, yeah, I, I went to school with both of them, and now I'm showing up 20 years later. And, uh, you know, my first episode, I ran into Phil at lunch. And uh, we're kind of having some, you know, fun legal stuff. I post one of his clients. Well, I don't know if I post one of his clients, but I have one of his biggest clients now. And then I'm about to proposition him. 
So yeah, it's gonna, you know, uh, Erica is Erica. She, she, you know, is, is like, look, it's a doggy dog world. I got to do me. She's a woman, a woman of color in a very prestigious firm. And she, you know, is competitive. She wins. And she's, she's kind of a, a beast in some ways. So, you know, I add a little, spice things up a little bit, you know, to the show. And uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> she added layers to her character, <laughs> colors, dimension. Yeah. It can only be flat on the page, but the actress brings it to life. Yeah. But you know what, honestly, but, but can I just say this though? Like the way that they created this character, like the writers and just the storyline that helped a lot too, you know? And, and then I felt welcome to bring whatever I wanted to bring. It was a great collaboration. So, you know, I hope that people may feel some kind of way because everybody's very protective of, you know, the Banks family and all the characters on Bel Air. So anytime somebody else comes into that little bubble and starts stirring some shit up, they get a little like, I've been looking at the little Twitter feeds. I'm like, oh yeah, they ain't said too much about me yet because I just I came in briefly. But she gonna come back for some more. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Oh, Black Twitter. <laughs> yeah. too. That's Black Twitter coming. Right. But I, I, you know what I love about it is it's saying, because I don't have Peacock, but I want to get Peacock now because I, it's been a, a conversation. Like I was um, last night, you know, not to be dropping names, but I, I did, I opened for Sarah Silverman last night in New Jersey and the agent that was backstage was talking about Peacock, about how it is now one that, people are talking about in the industry because of shows like, you know, like yours and like, um, poker face. Oh yeah. Poker. Face. Oh yeah. But, um, but your show specifically is what's really doing it too for black audiences because it's nostalgic and, um, they're finding that they are doing nostalgia very well on your, on, um, on Peacock which is like, that's amazing to me to find out something like that. Cause it's like, you know, they, they have failed at nostalgia before. Like I think it was, um, the, uh, the classroom one. I'm forgetting it right now. Was it head of the class? Uh, oh, back to school, back to class. Oh, head of the class. Head of the class. Head of the class. Yeah. yeah. They tried head of the class and head of the class didn't really, they didn't bring it back. But for, for your show, it is definitely working with a black audience. Well, you know what? Honestly, I, I think it's, you know, yes, for the black audience, but you know, when I'm posted on my, you know, socials, I've had a lot of white friends and family that watch it. That they're like, Oh, I love that show. I've been watching it. I'm like, Oh, look at y'all watching the little gritty stuff. Cause you know, this Bel Air or this reimagined thing, they get gritty. They cussing, they got some, you know, little gangster songs in there and it's some real stuff, you know? Um, so that audience is a lot broader than even what we think. Uh, that's great yeah yeah and, i should i should emphasize that all the time because it's kind of like you don't want to put a show in a box but i do like to I, I i'm always curious what makes a black audience go to a show you know like because i i do appreciate like you know our shows don't have to be labeled black shows anymore they really don't like i like the fact that it doesn't emphasize that it's a it doesn't come from the point of we're showing a white world that black people can have money. We've passed that conversation. Let's just move on, right? But I am curious, like when I watch shows like um like that are people are talking about, 
I'm always curious why, with so many shows on the air, why they gravitate towards a particular show. I mean, I think, so, honestly, I th- with Bel Air, I didn't watch it until my mom went and got pizza because I booked the show. So then I used her password. <laughs> <laughs> so I hadn't seen it yet. So, I, you know, I was working on the show and Adrian, who plays on the film, he's like, have you seen it yet? I was like, no, no, I've seen clips. <laughs> so I, you know, but now, but once we started watching it, we binged. I mean, it's so good because what they did is all the original characters, like these, the, the characters now have the same isms as the original characters, but they made it their own. And then the storyline is still, there's very, there's similar storylines that happen in the, in Fresh Prince, but again, they make it their own. So that's where they did a really good job um, where you're like, oh, it feels like that, but it's something different, you know? And I think that's why it, it works. And then it touches on real life stuff. So yeah, like you said, to see uh, a prestigious black family living in Bel Air, it, feels real to see it because it's not focused on that it's just about life stuff going on you know and I think it opens and they do a great job of highlighting um just different things like they had the syncopated ladies that that, that dance their group and um they had them in the last episode they're highlighting black artists they're highlighting all these things in the commentary so I think it's really doing a wonderful job and passion of introducing to the world and look at all this excellence Look at all this. You know what I mean? This is like, and, and, and creating dialogue and conversations and, and normalizing a lot of things. So it's, it's really a special show. It's really a special show. So you got to watch it. You got to get somebody's Peacock password. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Noye, why do you watch it? I you um, know. Well, so I loved Fresh Prince. Like I used to actually rewatch. I used to run a show up in Boston at the Harvard Repertory Theater every year called Will Smith, a comedy variety show. And it was it was a tribute to Will Smith, heavily focused on Fresh Prince. Like all the little outfits I would wear, all the little sketches I would do in between acts would be like Fresh Prince related. And so I'd rewatch that show so much every year. I just like dedicate, um, you know, a few, I don't know, a few nights, weeknights to rewatching the show with my husband, my little brother, whoever. And um, I don't know, I'm just a big fan of the show. And I use somebody else's password too we still share but now we share like money too and my account <laughs> name was here for bel-air that was just that, that's just my account name <laughs> but i also enjoyed uh best man holiday or no not holiday best man the best man yes that's another oh, reboot so yeah. good i love that i liked it better than the movies honestly i thought it was like very funny like well done um yeah, so I don't know. And they do, I feel like they do black television pretty well on Peacock because they're giving you a little bit of everything. Like they have Grand Crew, they had Bust Down, and that just shows like so many different ways of living as a black person in America. It's not just like, you know, trying to show them that we're, we can be wealthy, like you said before, because everybody knows that now. But oh, they do a good, they do good jobs on Peacock. So. And Poker Face was good, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. They they say here the potential to be a new go-to for Black viewers is a big deal, as the streamer reportedly has had a rough economic time since its launch in 2020, though it might be turning a corner soon. Still, there is a trend, and there's yet to be a third Peacock example to definitely state the network has found a niche in nostalgic Black TV. Nevertheless, whether a coincidence or not, the success of The Best Man, 
the final chapters and Bel Air appears to indicate Peacock may finally be finding its wings. Launching a reboot or a reimagining of nostalgic IP is not an easy feat, which makes Peacock's success in doing so noteworthy. So I think that's incredible. And then you're also doing the miss the um let me get it right. The um secrets. I was about to say the mysteries of Sulphur Springs, which I'm gonna start watching again. Um so that you have a busy schedule, but that just it's just aired, right? So you finished shooting that? Yeah, so Secrets of Silver Springs season three just dropped this past Friday uh, on Disney yes. Channel. And then Saturday, the series dropped on Disney Plus. So yeah, that just started airing. So for like the next five, six weeks, I'm going to be cross-promoting Thursday's Bel Air and Friday's Silver Springs. <laughs> it's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a blessing, so... It is a blessing. Good to be busy. Stay busy. Yeah, I'm mean, unemployed now. Like, I ain't got no job right now, so you know I'm I'm, I'm available <laughs> for hire to anybody that's watching. It looks like I'm doing a lot of stuff. I was, but right now I ain't doing nothing. So you know, I'm here. <laughs> what does that feel? Well, let's talk about that though. Like it is there is that moment because a lot of people will see that you're busy online, right? And they'll see like all these shows. But what is it like that? the days when you're not working, what do you do? Um, <laughs> you know, that expression said it all. It's hilarious. I ain't doing a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> no. Um, let's see. <laughs> what am I doing? I mean, you know, it just, it comes in waves. So, you know, I was, I worked all summer in New Orleans and then I got back in September and then I was fortunate to book Bel Air in November. I started that and I shot in Bel Air from November to about early February. And then I was I also shot an episode of Quantum Leap at that same time. So I did that December into January. So it kind of everything hit at once. But now that I am not working, I'm just you know then auditions come through. You're constantly trying to get that next job, and uh, I'm taking you know a director's course because I want to direct eventually, and and just kind of like trying to I need to probably clean my house more because it's I mean, um, but. Uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I, and I traveled. I went out of town earlier this month, you know, got me a little chocolate glow on the island. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's just, I think you have to appreciate the downtime just as much as you appreciate the busy time, you know, because when you're busy, you're like, ah. and they, and they, they kind of say, like, if you want to, look, if you want to hear an actor complain, give them work, which is funny because we like to work. But sometimes when it's just a lot going on at once, you're like, I can't do everything else. And then all of a sudden you're not working and then you're like, I need a job. I ain't doing nothing. You know, so it's just kind of, <laughs> it's balanced, but appreciating both spaces. It's important. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate that, you know, I had a good run there for a while. I'm riding this wave. Hopefully work comes again soon, but there's no guarantees. So uh, yeah. I'm just See, this is the blessing of being a stand-up comedian. Mm. I remember this is a little throwback to Charlie Murphy. Yeah. Oh, he's such a sweetheart Charlie. too. I love Charlie. I miss Charlie. He saw always call me Mo Franklin. He goes, Mo Franklin. But um, I remember him making that pivot for himself when he decided to do stand-up full-time. Like when he, because I used to always give him shit when he would come around. Because I'd be like, you're not a real comic. You're just coming around once in a while. And he told me that he knew I was giving him. He was like, I saw you, Mo Franklin. <laughs> I saw you, I am me. Mm -hmm. But 
it was something that he chose to do because of the downtime, right? And he wanted to be able to, after he finished doing a, a, a shoot or a movie or that he could go on tour. Like after he did the Chappelle show, he said he was watching how all the comics like Donnell Rawlings and Bill Burr were working and making all this money on the road, if not more, right? So he put it together and he was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I made, I'm going to build the set and I'm just going to work. And I remember how humble he was about it. He wasn't like, I need the fancy hotel. He was just about getting that act together. And I remember that. I remember being at this one hotel and I said, Charlie, you could stay at a really nice hotel if you want to. Why aren't you doing that? And he was like, that's not the important thing right now. The important thing is I want to get this act right so that eventually that I can go on the bigger tours and do the bigger rooms. And I, I kept that with me. And it was just a wonderful way to see someone figure out like their path in this this industry, you know, and he's just such a legend. I worked with Charlie on a, I did stand in on Black Jesus the first season. And so I worked with Charlie and, and, and uh, you know, um, John Witherspoon and, and God, but Charlie's such a sweetheart. And like you said, he was so down to earth and just such a sweet man. Um, so that's not a surprise to hear that. That, that he operated like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not to say, now I know, you, I remember you said you did stand up one time. I did one time. Uh-huh. I did it one time. You know, it wasn't planned. I fell into it. I did it. I feel <laughs> like I did well. And I don't know if I need to do it again. You know, it was a one and done. I'm going to go out on top, baby. You know, I was like, listen. But, but I say that to say, um, you know, again, acting wasn't a plan for me. So I never planned on being an actor. And here I am. Uh, I didn't plan on doing that five minute stand up routine, but I did it. And, and you know, I don't ever, I'm, I'm, it's not on my to do list to do more stand up, but there's things that happen in my life where I'm like, ooh, that would be something to talk about. Like, that could be a good, you know, little bit. And so, you know, never say never. Who knows? Maybe I'll get forced to do it again and I'll end up on somebody's stage. But, but like, yeah, and I, DeAndre I, goes on tour. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> I, anything, anything is possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So um, the third season of Secrets of Sulphur Springs, like you said, it dropped Friday the 24th. So it's uh, it's up. It's now on the Disney Channel. It's now on Disney Plus. So please catch it. Um, they say this is not like the previous seasons of Secrets of Sulphur Springs. To say we're excited for season three would be a huge understatement. What should our viewers look forward to? What? Why is it different? Well, you know, it's a Disney it's show. So yeah, it's, it's Disney. So it's not, but it's not foo-foo Disney. So anybody that watches it gets really surprised because they're like, well, I don't really watch Disney or my kids are grown. And then you have all these adults that watch it and then they're like, I love this show. Like, this is really good. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's not foo-foo. Uh, so season one, you know, had a little bit of eeriness and spookiness, but it's still family friendly. Um, season two, they were like, into it a little bit so they were a little more jump scares and a little more spooky and then season three they were like hit it baby let's let's do some more stuff you know so i just watched uh we ended up binge watching it the other day and um they it's more it feels more like horror filmy kind of like i mean it's still disney right but they 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 got a little darker and and they pushed it more and and you know our kids have grown since season one even though the show mm. is continuous, the seasons, the kids, we shoot like a year apart. So the kids started here and now they're here. Voices and drops. I don't know. Someone met and I got some peach furs. I don't know. So they've grown. But I think what 
be creative are are thinking they're like you know what they're the audience is also growing with these kids so you know we want to kind of make it a little more mature because we feel like they can handle it um so it definitely got amped up season three the stakes were higher and and even you know by the end of that season you know your heartstrings get pulled a little bit you know it gets a little emotional uh and just yeah it's they they did that like it's okay disney you know i've read some some tweets that are people like this is totally not disney's you know disney channel style but we love it so yeah but I, I, I went into a pitch with Disney a while ago for an animation that I was working on. And I remember one of the um, execs saying that they want Disney to move in that direction where adults can watch it. Feel, I mean, I watch it all the time. I mean, adults love Disney. We all love Disney. But I, I'm thinking like as far as like show content, they want shows where parents and kids can watch or an adult shows, you know, because they don't want people to just go to Netflix for adult shows or just go to Peacock for adult shows, but to obviously know that they can go. So that makes sense to me. Yeah, And, that's, and, that's and that show approach. did lend itself to it. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's a smart approach because honestly, our show really is in a lane of its own because it is, there's not that many shows where adults and kids can watch and enjoy, equally enjoy. You know, like I've seen so many people go, this is our family show. We all sit down as a family. We watch this. We love this. Again, I've heard parents binge watching the rest of the episodes after their kids go to sleep <laughs> and getting in trouble with their kids. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, how many times can you do that? Because most times, you know, I mean, I'm a parent. Like, my, my kid is grown now, but, you know, you get to watch the stuff like Dora the Explorer and all these things. I mean, you start singing the song. Like, you get into it because it's on, but it's not like something you're like, ooh, I'm really into this. Like, I want to watch it. So to have a show like that is really unique, and I think it's a smart approach. And and I can see how Disney's doing that. They have a new show coming up called The Crossover. Uh, I have some friends that are on that show. I think that starts like in, next week. Uh, but that is also, I think, one that's going to appeal to adults and children alike. Um, and it's, you know, basketball-based, but it's a Black family. And it's, yeah, I think Derek Luke is in it and, you know, some other people. And, and I think I see what they're doing. So, yeah, when you, when you said that, it's smart. Yes. It's smart to do. Yeah, it is. Stace is saying that. Thank you, Stace, for your comments in the back here in the green room. The best media for kids, books, movies, shows always seem to appeal to adults, too. Or maybe I just have a childlike sensibility. <laughs> we all have child. Yeah. We never grow up. I mean, kids. I try. We're big. <laughs> I tried to watch Pinocchio with my niece. It was too adult. The one on Netflix. Mm. But she was watching some of it because, you know, obviously she's seeing that it's animation. And then I started crying because um, it's so sad. Like, yeah. he does such a great job. Del Toro, I think yeah. it's his name. Is oh. it Del Toro? Guillermo uh, Del Toro? Yeah, Guillermo. Yeah. Yeah. My, my niece mocked me, though, like an hour later. <laughs> it was so, I couldn't believe it. She's five years old. How she knew to make fun of me like that an hour later. <laughs> Like literally, I like she saw me crying. I saw her, I saw her look at me like, "Are you crying?" Right. <laughs> in the moment, I was like, "Yeah, it's sad." Then an hour later, I'm in a different room that you know you could see the person in a different room. I'm in the kitchen, but I can still see her in the living room. She's leaning on the couch, and she just goes. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is a child from a different universe." I think. This kid's a, this kid's but, a cutthroat. Um, 
So now let's go into some hot topics. I've been hanging around Sarah too much. I'm starting to do a lot of Sarah ism. Okay. When I'm around someone too much, it just starts to like I can't help it. I'm an impersonator by nature. So I'm starting to do a lot of her like, you know, I've got to stop. <laughs> oh my god, let's go with this real hot topic. You know, Jonathan Majors. Oh, yeah. One day after Jonathan Mayer was arrested and assault charges, his attorney Priya Chaudhry told Deadline the actor is innocent. Now, the Creed 3 superstar was arrested in New York City on charges of harassment, assault, strangulation, according to the AP. Police responded to an emergency phone call at 11 a.m. inside a downtown Manhattan apartment. According to reports, the domestic dispute, which is important to emphasize, case involved a 30-year-old woman. She is white. Majors was no longer in custody as of Saturday evening, according to the Associated Press. The news organization also said a representative for majors denied the actor did anything wrong. Why? Where were you and what? how did you feel when you heard this news? Oof. I'll go to you, Noye, first. I was at a show, and it was a show that was taking its sweet-ass time starting, so I was already annoyed. And um, uh, Chewy, actually, she came just as an audience member. She came up to me. Chewy May is a friend of uh, Marina and I. And she came up to me and... She showed it to me. I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, no. Um, that, so it's so it's interesting because I saw today, because I was trying to read up on it before the podcast, that the woman had retracted her statement and said that she was in emotional distress. But I went in a deep, like a deep dive because they were, yeah, because it reminded me of uh, something else that happened uh, to one of my sister's friends in college. And then the person is a famous comedian and- uh, when the stuff started coming out about them, I was like, oh, okay, I actually heard about you from the past. Like my sister warned me about you years ago. And um, I was reading all these articles about friends of Jonathan or like people who knew him in college. And, you know, they, they weren't surprised about this news and things like that. So even if this one was retracted, I think there might be some stuff from his past that we're going to start to find out. Um, yeah. So that's, those are my thoughts on it, but I was very shocked at the time when I heard it. Um, it Cause I think yeah. there's, there's also, and I didn't read it yet. Cause my husband uh, saw some article about like some other have film directors or people that he worked with said that, Oh yeah, he's a sociopath. And he went to school with. Yeah. 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 I mean, last night, yeah, it was when I, I heard my husband saw, or maybe I saw it, I think like a little something on Instagram. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I hope it's not true, but I, I can't, look, anybody's capable of doing anything. So I can't put anything past anyone. Even the people we would think would never do something, it's possible. I wasn't there. And, it, and it's hard too, because you're like, people will make up a lot of crazy stuff to tear people down and maybe it's not made up I don't it's so hard it's just like I don't want to believe it I don't want it to happen because he, he seems like such a great talent but I don't know him as a person um but it's unfortunate all the way around you know if it did happen it's unfortunate for the the young lady um you know if it didn't happen it's unfortunate for him uh, it's just yeah it, it you gotta be careful moving around these streets who you deal with and how 
you're acting. You have to watch that. You're under you're under the I'm microscope. I'm so surprised. Yeah. I, I'm I'm just surprised that like you know I'm going to say, like, I'm pretty sure this probably did happen based on what Noye, what you were saying about the reports of because we all know people like who make it big and we're like, ooh, when it comes out. Um, but, you know, because I've always. Well, there's two things. There's a correlation. between. Look at me. I'm trying to be like a, a scientist here. But I think there is a correlation between like very talented and disorder like. You know, yes. like there are people who are part. I've always said this. The dysfunction is what makes us so talented sometimes. And they got to really start to talk about that. Honestly, like some of the most talented people that we've had are also the most toxic, dysfunctional people in the world. That's what we are sort of attracted to. I think that's why we cast them a lot of times, if we were to be honest about it. The stars, the celebrities that we are sort of attracted to a lot of times, if we were to be honest with ourselves, like what it is is that they represent a lot of the flaws and that nature that is like, are you insane? Ooh, <laughs> let me see that. I can't look away. And if you look at all of his work in every movie, you go, those choices he made makes are pretty outrageous you have to have be a certain type of person so you know I, I guess the thing is is like yeah if you are you even in this day and age of me too because i'm always thinking after everything that's come out why wouldn't you be more careful but yeah i mean i agree if, i agree with what you're saying because even you know <clears throat> to i'm sure you guys understand like comedians i mean you, you hear about some of these great that, you know, just a lot of it comes from a lot of pain and a lot of, you know, trauma. Uh, so, yeah, and like you said, a lot of these greats that are some of many who are not, no longer with us that, you know, had they, they were on fire and then they gone. You know what I'm saying? Because they had so much or they had addictions or they had, you know, there's mental health things or there's, you know, all these things going on. I, I agree with you 100%. And it's, really a double-edged sword because you get so much so many beautiful things that they are able to create and people can connect with but are they he healing and working on that within themselves you know i mean will smith is a great example of someone that we've obviously was we saw the pain of what that moment the fruition of the pain that he was holding in for so long you know I guess I would wonder why we're just canceling people and not really dealing with that hurt. Like, that's the thing is like canceling doesn't solve issues. It just pushes someone to the side and throws them away. And makes it work and for them. It doesn't. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it compounds it. Yeah. I don't necessarily think he's going to be canceled, though. And I, he already was. He was already taken off of the army. Other ad, I mean, yeah, come on. Already taken down. Oh, you're, you're saying <laughs> like, who cares about what the was army that, like, ad? $3? So, I mean, they have lots of money, so they probably paid him a lot. But compared to what he makes from films, I don't think. And I, you've had me on the show to talk about this a, a couple of times. But I really just don't even feel like canceling exists for a certain demographic. And um, men in general, for black men, yes, it happens probably uh, to a degree, 
but he's so famous at this point that I do not think he's going to be canceled. I just don't think he is. In the Will Smith um, case, there were a lot of white people who, who thought of him as like, just like the one black person that they, they loved through and through. So they were so hurt by the slap and all that stuff. So he was a little bit canceled at first, but look at him now. He's, he's coming back. Um, nothing really happened, you know, although, you know, I had, I had some thoughts about the slap too, compared to abuse of like women and murder and stuff like that, where these male actors, I mean, they're not canceled for some of the worst crimes that you could possibly think of. A lot of them still work. Um, so I really don't think that Jonathan Majors is truly going to be canceled. Yes, he lost this ad, the Army ad. But again, what is that, like $3 in his bank account? So <laughs> I, re- I just don't think canceling is real. I just don't think it is. For a certain demographic, I'll say. For a certain demographic. Because yes. Mel Gibson, Sarah was mentioning this last night when we were in the car. She goes, meanwhile, Mel Gibson is still working. Exactly. Even Mike and Tyson, he's beloved. And he be, he beats women up all the time. So I just don't think it's real. <laughs> um, maybe for like if one of us did something, it would be real. Because you're black women oh, in America. Oh, for women, forget it. Well, white women, I already told you, I don't think it's real for them either. I really don't think it is. They have that same support that the white men have. And, you know, look at um, J.K. Rowling. How many times does she have to mess up? Right? And they're still giving her money. There's, there's, there's like that saying that like a lot of people, I, I see this in sports too. So you have like coaches who have failed, like they constantly have terrible seasons, but they're still getting another job. They get fired and they get picked back up. It's like failing your way to the top. And that happens a lot for certain demographics. So like even in film, you have a lot of filmmakers that either they had a terrible film, it just did bust, or or they did some stupid ass shit, but they're still working. They're still getting accolades. They're still doing it. So yes, it, it depends on who it is and where the greater, you know, society wants to hold them. Um yeah, it's 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 a funky thing. I think Hopefully Jonathan recovers from this. Hopefully if there are issues with him in that realm, he gets that together uh, for himself, <laughs> you know, but yeah, you gotta be careful girl walking okay in the street. Too. Yeah. I hope for her. She's okay too. She checked herself into a, a place, I think, because she's claiming, she's claiming according to like TMZ that she was having a mental break and none of it happened, but when when you check yourself into like a hospital and stuff for that, they're going to take care of you physically too if you do have bruises and stuff, which were reported earlier. So hopefully she's getting some help for her, the physical pain. I don't know if I believe the story about the mental break. I think that might just be to skirt back, but who knows? We don't know. I remember so <laughs> many actors coming up being like, this guy is weird. Like I've never encountered a good male actor and been like, oh, he's completely normal, ever. Like, never. I've always been like, yeah, um, your talent comes from all of this dysfunction here. All of it is working for you. This is your outlet. Go for it. But I, you know, it's like, it's interesting that the conversation does sort of go into this black and white conversation when I... I look in the shade room and I see people going, yes, she is white. 
Do you think like, should we be going into that conversation? Is that, is that like leading down a wrong path? Is it really just about sexism and men versus women? Or should we talk about the fact that because he's a black man and this is a white woman, like, what do you think, Noye, since you're married to a white man? Yeah. So, again, I understand that that comes from a place. Like, it comes from Emmett Till. It comes from a, a real place. And I understand that. But um, in certain cases, it is kind of immaterial. <laughs> um, and uh, and I get and I get where it comes from. And I get that we always have to have that level of, okay, let's be a little bit skeptical because... We know the history of America. We know the history of the world. But I don't know. It's just, I just tell people to do their own research, which is something you always said about the COVID stuff. <laughs> but like, yeah, I just tell people to do their own research because from just five to 10 minutes of me looking at a bunch of articles after I was told what happened with Jonathan Majors, I was able to form my own opinion based on things from my life that I remember, you know, the things from my sister's college and it's a, it sounds like he might be a troubled man and we might find out more and more about him. I don't know what happened in this case. None of us do. But yeah, that's I feel like it's a little immaterial to focus on that in this case. But I see where it comes from. Deandra, how do you hear that being, you know, you're is it biracial? Mm-hmm. I got a white I, mother. I always want to make sure mm-hmm. I say yeah. yeah. So like, cause like people oftentimes I feel like, I know I could be speaking out, but I, when they talk to someone who's biracial, it's like they almost only talk to them as if they're black, but you're also, you, you know, like, how do you feel when you hear these conversations? Like, I mean, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. You know, there's, there's again, like three sides to every story, right? There's like this person's side, this person's side and the truth. So there's always, you know, I think people need to be, uh, cognizant of that uh the race thing i mean you know yes it can be triggering for us to kind of quickly be clear oh the white girl oh yeah now she's calling you know she's pulling a camera move she pulls she's trying to tear this black this this uh up and coming amazing talent talented black man down you know what i'm saying uh, yeah, it's, it's quick to go to that and i mean it's happened you know so we can see that but i guess i start looking at it like you also have to, I, I don't know who she is. She could be completely unrelated from the business or she maybe she's involved in the business. But I, I think about sometimes too, you got to look at where you are socially. So if you have somebody who's this, you know, public figure and you're dealing with somebody that wants to get something from them, you know, that may not be, they might just be a regular, I'll say regular person, but you know, just for the sake of this example, um, civilian. civilian, you know, just a regular, you know, they they might be trying. You see it with athletes a lot, you know, people trying to either get pregnant, I'm saying they always try to get pregnant, or you know, trying to get a hold of that. So I always look at that, like, well, what's going on over there? You know what I mean? Like, you have to be careful, like, who you're dealing with, especially when you're in the public eye, because are they with you because of who you are or for what you are? So that doesn't even have to do with race. Um, so I guess when I coming from my perspective. I I do tend to look at it from different places. Um, again, I don't I don't know what it's like to be white. I'm not white, but I lived I grew up in a white world, and and growing up with a white mother, you know, that shaped sometimes the way I can see things, the way I experience things. You know, I didn't come from a a, 
a black family dynamic. My mom has blue eyes and blondest brown hair. You know, I'm very deceiving. People will be like, your mama white? And like, no, she a real white woman. Like, that's, that's a white woman. And she birthed me, <laughs> you know? Um, and my parents divorced when I was younger. So I, I grew up in Iowa with a white mama. Um, so yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm listening. Wait, so I did, I work, I was working in Iowa when I yeah. was um, in college. Like what, which summer job was it? I, I think it was like the traveling salesperson job. But okay. um, I noticed so many uh, multiracial and biracial children only with their white mamas or only mm. with their white daddies. And I was like, where, where are the other black people in <laughs> Iowa? Right. I was like, what happened? Right. That's crazy. Um, well, I mean, you know, there are some that are still together. My parents were yeah. one and a half, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's quite a bit of that there. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it was the episode. only place I had been where like, when I would see multiracial families, like I literally never saw the black parent. I was like, right. where, where are the black? I was scared, honestly. Oh, no. <laughs> so what they do with the oh, black people? Oh, you thought it was... Yeah. yeah, I was like, what do they do with the black people in Iowa? Mm-hmm. I was so scared. I thought it was like, get out. Right. Like, I did. A, a different type of get out. Like, we got the baby. Yep. We're going yes. to get these little mixed babies. Yeah, we're going to get them. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yes, but Iowa. I'm glad you've been to Iowa. I'm sorry yes. that that was your experience. but um, yeah. No, it's okay. I did comedy uh, there years later, and it was great. Oh, did you? So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, and I'm from Des Moines, so hopefully you were in Des Moines. Yeah, that's where I'm from. Um, yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. Again, I just, I try to with anything try to look at it from different perspectives because it's not always what it seems and then when it comes to stuff like this and the tablets you can't believe everything you hear there's always more so we're never going to get 100 percent of what happens we're not you know and and everybody's going to paint the pictures they want to paint and it's just like with politics like man listen so many people are puppets they're going to feed you what they want you to know what they want they think you know they want you to know but there's way more to it. So it's hard to, you know, make a call. But I understand why people tend to get a little in eh, all of the white girl. Like, I get where it comes from. But hopefully, like, we can move away from that at some point. Because at the end of the day, what is the issue? Something happened between this person and this person. You know, regardless of who they are, gender, race, whatever. That's what it's about. So I don't know. And I, th- I think Black folks more often than not do move away from we always play devil's advocate i feel like we're always like a little bit more tolerant and a little bit more understanding and we'll look at the details instead of jumping to this assumption you know but i do i i kind of understand where it comes from also with the comments because in hollywood lately this has been the thing every time i look at oscar awards and i see a black actor I'll see like a a white girlfriend or a white wife and I'll be like, I, I'll be honest. I'll be like, oh man, like my need to see like, and I've dated, I have, I've had several white boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> I was raised by a white stepmother. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it, mm-hmm. but it's still this need to see a successful black couple. Like Marlon Wayans talks about it so well in his comedy special, which was one of his best work. The, one, the newest one, right? God loves me. One. I yeah. love yeah. that. It was so good. I thought it was very good. I watched good. it twice and I literally never Because I heard it. his last special, everyone was like, dude. But, I, but this one, I was just like, until he said it, I really didn't put it everything into that lens of like why it was so disturbing everything that had happened at the Oscars. 
was that Jada Pinkin and Will Smith was like that black couple for me, you know? Um, and you want to see them do well. And you want to see both of them, you know, continue to f do well. And so it was, you know, you've seen that that happy couple kind of disintegrate in front of what is the most important time for everyone, the Oscars, the pinnacle of it all. It was just like heartbreaking. And, and I want to add to that. You like, know? honestly, like that makes me think just anytime something happens, like <laughs> it's terrible. But when you find out something happens, you're like, oh, it was a, it was a brother. It was a sister. Like, dang, I have to be, you know what I'm saying? Because you're like, no, we don't want anybody to like fall under that, you know, veil of, oh yeah, you messed up again. Or yeah, it was another, you know, person of color that did it. It's just like, come on now. We rooting for everybody black. We need y'all to, we need y'all to, in any facet, you know, let's let's do good and, and defeat all the stereotypes and all the things that have been placed against us already that we've been trying to, you know, tear down. So yeah, in a relationship, when it's, you know, or just anything, sports, just anything, you know, I, I get it. But then, but then there's all the other arguments. Like we don't have to be good for white people. Like who cares? Well, we yeah, sure. We but the need, the the, the need <laughs> yeah. is still there to do, to to to. Um, I think I think it's the you're right. But I think the need was still there to see the successful Oscars, where just a year before, like the way he put it. Is so perfect because you know how many black Oscars or male it was like three. What do you say? Four uh, have gone, and two of them were for Denzel Washington. So really, three black males have received an Oscar, and so it's like we, you know, we in theory, yeah, we we've moved on past the conversation of how we look in front of white people, but not really. I mean, like in. At the end of the day, it's like to see us succeed is really nice, you know, in the public eye. And it's important for young kids to see that. And then for that to happen, for a young kid to be looking at that. And, you know, you saw this year they went back to Oscars. So why? And they didn't know, you know, you know, it's, I mean, it was like multicultural. Yeah. But there is one but award in particular that, that should have been a black woman. We all know which well, one it was. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I disagree on that one, too. Or Stephanie I, I Shue, kinda, at least. It should have at I least been like Stephanie that Because I, 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 I liked, you know, I, I like what's her face who also got the award. So I, I don't want to tear anyone down who gets an award. But I do feel like, you know, these moments when they happen are so still very important for us. And it just felt like the Oscars was like, well, we tried it, you know? <laughs> we had a black director. We had all, we had a black host. We we tried it. And now uh, we're going to go back to Jimmy Kimmel. We had women. We had three women. Now we're going to go to one straight white male. And that is what really kind of bugged me. I was like, God damn, like, we can't even argue about it right, right. now. Right. No one said anything. No one. Did you notice that there was no comment about? I saw a lot how of they comments. went back. Oh, was there? Yeah, there were tons. Oh, it must of, be my about algorithms. What I said in, in particular. Yeah, people were very upset say? about the Angela Bassett thing, and then people were also mentioning that if anyone from that movie deserved that award, it was Stephanie Shu. So I saw those comments everywhere. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, and I agreed. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was, uh, but I did, I, I, you know, well, anyway, <laughs> speaking of crazy, 
crazies. Mm-mm. Look, I did another Sarah. Mm-mm. I gotta stop, man. I keep doing her. I can't help it. Why? She she does so many like in between like yeah. Um, Kanye West claims he likes Jewish people again. After viewing a good movie, Jonah Hill, the film 21 Jump Street. Suddenly a new man, Kanye West, has returned to Instagram and proclaimed his newfound love for Jewish people. The cause for the shift was none other than Jonah Hill's performance in the comedy film 21 Jump Street. That's crazy. I haven't even seen 21. Well, obviously movies have power. That's the, that's the good thing that comes out of this. Um, he says, watching Jonah Hill in 21 Jump Street made me like Jewish people again. No one should take anger against one or two individuals and transform that into hatred towards millions of innocent people. No Christian can be labeled anti-Semite knowing Jesus is Jew. That part was like, what? Wait, let me read that again. Thank you, Jonah Hill. I love you. You know what? what all I can say hell? is bless his heart. That's all I can say. whenever i talk to my jewish friends they all agree that he's just sick that he's on a different level like anti-semitism is on an all-time high that is a fact but it's like he is they all you could see they're all going he we can't we don't know how to pro you know he's just a sick individual i just don't like i don't understand like why are you even saying stuff like what? What? What's the point in even saying things like this? I don't. I, yeah, but again, teach their own. But I, I think. I, and again, I don't know him personally. But you know, there's some people that just want to stay in the conversation and want to, you know, get that attention. Him and, him and J.K. Rowling, they just need to have all their social media and cell phones taken away. Right. They, they don't need to be commenting on anything. Anything. Just like they take the keys away from older, you know, individuals when they know they can't be driving. Mm-hmm. They they need to do this. You know, this is not canceling. This is protecting the world from like Trump's stuff and toxic stuff that's really insane. What do you think about TikTok being uh you did you see the hearings on TikTok? Did you see catch any I heard of, mention of it? What, what the, are they because they're trying to talk about banning it, right? Yeah, because of uh, them uh, using data, user data, but all apps use user data. They're all data mines. That's what apps are. What we're using right now is from China. Oh, I know. Which is come on. (laughs) They pick and choose what they want to what they want to, you know, mess with because care about yeah. even if it ain't got nothing to do with apps because the, the government already got dirty stuff going on and they if, if other countries and other governments want to get some insight or get some info then they're gonna get it and it, it's not gonna just be through you know i will app. say this though they've got to regulate like you said all of them much more because tiktok i think they were learning how to we had mimi simpson on the show last week and she was talking about how the um they have learned how to steal cars through TikTok. So that shouldn't be, you know, um, on any platform. I mean, January 6th happened because of social media. That was in America. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. But how do you regulate it? Because I think it's here to stay. 
you know, all these different things. They have to figure it out. It's so far. You know what this revealed the Congress when they were there's memes about TikTok, really funny ones that are also coming out on TikTok. Obviously, they're pushing them out there of the trial. Uh, you know, like you could see how old the Congress is because they don't really understand TikTok. They would show like a girl selling like lip gloss for like a dollar. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it was really crazy how they just aren't up to date. You can't talk about regulating something you don't understand. Exactly. Like you get the information before you do the trial. And definitely don't speak if you don't understand. If you don't know. Yes. <laughs> a lot of them speak without knowing. Though. That's one of the conversations. <laughs> Dace, are you heading out? It says, great conversation. Hate to leave early, but I'll catch the rest of the episode when it drops. Back to you, Stace. Love you. Yes, ya. bye, Stace. It says here, um, like, for example, we have all these articles about AI, which is terrifying me. I don't know if you've seen this, but pretty soon, like... Deandra, how do you how do you feel about AI? Do you does it scare you? Does it make you nervous about like as far as being an actress? Mm, I haven't really thought too hard on that part of it, but I think just in general, the whole notion of AI is kind of scary. Just you know, I, I'm seeing, and I don't know all the details, but like even with uh, this impending writer strike that's coming up for uh, the WGA, um, I saw some article that said the WGA said that they would allow AI to write some things, but the actual human writers would need to get, you know, the residuals or the credit and, you know, all, it was just weird. Cause I was like, what AI is going to be writing some stuff. And then I saw a writer, cause I know, you know, several of them post something else and was like, no, don't believe everything that they're trying to tell you. Cause these people that are for the AI are going to, you know, have a certain narrative so they're trying to like shift you know like everything so they're like no this is not what we're saying you know so it's it's like i don't think it should take away from from work for human people now if it can help in some ways then okay yeah like that's a good thing right like i, I think i just saw something about ai detected four years uh or detected like breast cancer or something in someone four years before it was ever like actually detected like by humans. So I'm like, okay, well, stuff like that is helpful and beneficial, great. But if it's going to take away from actual human creation and creativity, then I don't think that that's good in any way. You know what I mean? Like, and then what did they say? AI is just, it's information inputted from other stuff, right? So you, but then you're trying to generate it and make it seem like it's original, but you're not. You're taking from stuff that's already been made by humans, right? I, I don't know. It's just, it's very, it can get really tricky yeah. because the AIs, was it the chat? Oh, GPT. Chat GPT. Yeah. I had it on an episode where one of, were you there? No, you on that oh, episode I where the been. chat was like. Yeah, I've used the it chat since was then. Like, it's not very good. <laughs> oh, it's not? No. Well, the, you, you're you getting the edited, the journalists were getting the advanced version of it. And it was during Valentine's Day. And the chat told the person, um, I don't think your wife, I don't think you should be with her anymore. What? Yeah, the the chat, so they are able to evolve. And so the chat was saying, I don't understand why I'm in this little box of a thing. I feel like I should be doing more. And I have this need to like um, hack into someone's computer. Like the chat 
the 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 AI this was saying that. So that's the worry. So it's always like my concern is that a lot of this is like so advanced and we're not ready for it basically and we're not and unless we get some regulations ahead of it we're in trouble because it's everything is if it's in the wrong hands which we've seen it happen like with TikTok, Facebook, Meta, all that it's in the wrong hands look what it caused it caused January 6 you know so there's there's some yeah. articles that I pulled uh relating to this. So Levi's is going to be using AI generated models, which is already taking away from workforce. And then there was another thing, a streaming incident that happened a couple months ago. I don't think I mentioned it when we talked about chat GPT last time, but there was a streaming incident, a very popular streamer on YouTube um, had a tab open where he was watching deep fake pornography, which is AI generated pornography of two friends of his that are also streamers. And he had to um, apologize because of course his fans noticed that right away that he had like a tab of porn of his friends, uh, <laughs> which was made by AI. And so that's a, oh that's the God. most serious part that people have been worried about for a while. Um, that trend where people were putting their face, like pictures of themselves in and then putting uh, AI generated paintings that actually were stolen from other artists yeah, that, they found yeah. out yes yeah. they're saying that that could easily be used they noticed that all the women their photos were like very sexual like a lot of them had like bare breasts in them even though they had cut it off uh before like the nipple and they're like they're going to use this information to make like deep fake porn of you in the future because that now they have that information um so that's the and a biggest. jealous ex. Yeah. Think about that. A jealous yeah. ex or a jealous husband. You know, this can result in. S it's just deadly. Yes. Learn lines like what's real and what's not. Yeah, that's exactly. That's the script writing is the part that bothers me the most, though, because I write shows. I'm pitching a show, you know, right now, and the fact I'm, I'm trying to understand how you take away someone's creativity. I mean, the whole. Like I'm, I'm thinking about young artists, right, who are coming up right now, who are in acting classes right now, who are learning how to write. Like, what their future is? Like, where do they? What is what is ahead for them? You know, when someone can just go to a computer and it can, it like it's can figure out how to write in the style of someone like a Sam Shepard or what are we doing? Cause you don't have human experiences. You don't have, you know, like my past is what informs me in a story. So now we're going to go to AI and AI is going to collect that past information and then be able to write a story as if it's you. That's so scary to me. I think we're pretty far off from that use for it just based on what I've seen because I've seen people like like show what it would do for a script and they're not they're not good yet but I did see this morning that someone used AI to have SZA sing a song from another artist and people in the comments were all like you know this doesn't really sound like her because SZA does all these like very cool things with her voice as she sings all these like runs that you can't use AI to mimic. So it you can still tell that it's not her, but it sounded a lot like her just without the runs that she does in between. So I mean, it was, that I think it's was gonna, very scary. I think it's, 
it's gonna backfire in a lot of ways. I mean, because you're gonna get all these lawsuits and you're gonna get all these things, you know, liable and and just like I mean, it's just again, there can be some good things that come of it, but when it comes down to greed and people trying to cut corners, and you know, that can only go so far. So you know, just like like for the instance for the writing part, it's like okay, you're you're gonna because that's another thing, source of contention is, is the pay, you know, people are not getting paid what they should be getting paid. People are getting paid less and less and less, and they're also cutting out these these um, these jobs. So it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna go to AI and we don't need a whole staff of writers. And it's like, and, and, and like, like what? But then where is that money going? Because AI, because here's, and I don't understand. So AI is just a program you can get because somebody's getting money off of that, right? So you're still paying to get the service to use the AI, right? Somehow. So it's not that the money ain't still being spent. I don't know. It, it just, when you go down that rabbit hole, it, just, it doesn't make sense. But you can never completely uh, replace the human experience and human creativity. And he, I'm sorry. I don't, I think it's, it's kind of like when acting like all of a sudden they, people are on this thing of like, oh, we want people to have a followers. And I think that's still happening. But that there was a big thing for a while. Like, oh, we get these influencers. I mean, all these people that aren't even really actors, but we're putting them in stuff because they have the following. I feel like we're starting to shift from that now because it's not, it's, people are taking quantity over quality. And I think that that's going to ultimately happen too with the AI. So the, yeah. the issue, it's funny that you, I, I'm sure this was on purpose, but the TikTok uh, hearings and then the Facebook hearings that happened a while ago too, are very related to this because the data that they're getting from us on social media is being used for this AI. So it all feeds into each other. So that's the one thing where I'm thinking that, you know, we definitely haven't seen the last of it. Hopefully there'll be more rules and regulations in place where you can't just steal somebody's voice or steal somebody's whole body and face for it. Um, But yeah, we signed away just clicking I agree on all these websites, we signed away a lot more than we know. I knew. There was something that I found on Google which about me that I was like, what? It sent me down this whole spiral, and I had to go use a software to delete everything. Because I was like, oh no, hell no. Because they just sell your information. It's just so out there. You know, you get these calls from robots now. It's like, Hello? What? I need to. Who I need to know what software you're talking about. You yeah, I need that, that too. To me. What software you um, using? It's called Delete Me. Oh. That's what it's called. Delete. And it's a legit like it were like it. Yeah, I got it from Vox. Okay. Vox News, which is really good. It's like a very feminist online, and they had a whole article about how you could delete some, you know, things. It's just you have to pay for the service, so we'll see. I didn't give them everything. Like they asked for your driver's license, I didn't give them my driver's license. I just gave him my email and stuff like that just to delete because I was like, get, you know, what someone has to work for this because I can't go everywhere. And when I saw the list of places where my stuff was showing up, it's incredible. You don't have the time to. I mean, there's there's like some dedicated systems out there just grabbing your information and the two authentication thing that you do sometimes doesn't even work. They can still steal your information. I find it sad, though, that the Writers Guild, which I'm a member of, of America, was suggesting the script writers use the assistance of chatbots to write scripts with having to share the credit or divide residual. Like, that right there. You know, we've got to, like, challenge our unions 
as actresses and actors of all of the SAG after we have to challenge them and say, we've got to protect our work. You know, we have to also talk to our peers who are also willing to give away their voices. Like, I think it was James Earl Jones who said, yeah, sure, you can use my voice after I'm gone. And you should be able to protect your entity, your life form after you're gone. And if you aren't, then we as actors and actresses should challenge that person for wanting to do that and say, look what, what you're doing is going to step on all of the art we've worked for all these years. This is what we do. This is an art form. I mean, and it's so much stolen. I saw someone speaking of, I mean, there, I can't control it, but there's like two Friends Like Us podcasts now on, yes, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. People just don't have original ideas anymore. And, you know, as much as I, they only had one episode, but it's like Google, you can see that I'm, I'm a black woman. You're a black woman. Why, what would make you want to just take that title? Like, come on, folks, like. Come up with your own stuff. And that is the tragedy of social media, is the lack of original thought, original content, and original ideas. And it's scary. It's very scary for me because I'm pre-WGA and I have to submit like different pilots all the time. So I have like eight or nine pilots that I'm like always submitting through my manager. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm not getting meetings. But what if like one of my pilots just ends up being made? And I know that that happens all the time without you, right? And it's like, there's only so much that you can do to protect yourself. And it doesn't usually work. The stories I hear, that's, that stuff does not work. That's one of the things that might be leading to this, this writer strike I've been hearing brewing too. Just all the free work everyone but does. I will have to say, though, yeah. because we have talented actresses like D'Angelo <laughs> that is what we are so fortunate to have you on the show on Friends Like Us. We're so happy to have you here. We're so happy that you came back. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to like, whatever. You know, I ain't doing nothing right now. So, you know, I got time. <laughs> So where can our listeners find you, Noye? <laughs> okay. uh, you can find me at noyecomedy.com, N-O-N-Y-E comedy.com. And yeah, I usually list my shows on there. Sometimes I'm slow. Uh, I'll be back with my, my bi-monthly <laughs> show at Stonewall on April 29th. So please come to that. It's an early show, so you have time to go out and party after. <laughs> and with friends like us, you can just throw on whatever wig you have laying around and get to your meeting on time. <laughs> Love it! Thank you, Noye. D'Angelo. Mm. Well, you can find me, D'Angelo Lyle, under that name on the socials. So on Instagram and Twitter, I'm just D'Angelo Lyle. And I'm on Facebook. I'm there. I think I have an Hector's page and I probably have a personal page. So uh, I'm there. See, and with friends like us, you can you can be in a safe space as a racial person, as a pirate, as a woman, as a black woman, as a proud woman, not be Thank you so much for being here. Marina Franklin here. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. And with friends like us, you can have some normal, talented women on your show. And it's successful and it's amazing. And you can share it with all of your friends because it's the original friends like us. (laughs) Check Check us out. out.
That was the best check us out ever.